I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Inspired Evolution, and guys, it is such a treat to be here today. Or maybe it just is, we just all are, and we're all just here today. So we've got with us Nassim Haramein. Nassim, how are you, brother? I'm good. And you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. We were talking a little bit just before about, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I'm good. Touch wood. It's an epic moment. It is an epic moment. Let me do the honors for those tuning into Nassim for the first time. He's a world leader in unified physics. He spent over 30 years, that's 30 years, three decades researching and discovering connections in physics, mathematics, geometry, cosmology, quantum mechanics, biology, chemistry, and as if that wasn't enough, also a little bits of anthropology and ancient civilizations. He's the founder of the Hawaii Institute of Unified Physics and the Resonance Project. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. I can't even begin to confess. <laughs> Thank you. I have to admit, Thank this you. was one of the most, uh, in, like, I, I, I always feel the sensations before I go into an interview. And uh, this was one of the, like, one of the most I felt like, oh, going into an interview with the sea. <laughs> like, I have no idea where this is going to go, just because we can talk about anything and everything. Sure. Yeah. So tell me, where does where does your passion for just everything that you explore come from? Like just this 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 quest? Because you're both your how, how what is what would you put the ratio at? Are you two parts philosopher and four parts physicist and chem, uh, scientist? What's the what's what's going on here? I'm a hundred part mystic. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. I love that. And what science is just one of the tools? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I and I, I, I do a lot of physics, but you know, I I don't like boxes. I don't like titles. You know, I'm not. 
attached to those. I do a lot of physics because I'm interested in the way the universe works, nature in general, and how we got here. Mm. And how is it that all of a sudden we're able to not only have cognition that we are here, that we exist, but as well ask deep questions about our environment and the universe. And, you know, for me, um, many of the answers I couldn't find. Uh, and, I, and, you know, biology was one thing, but biology is a scale that is uh, much bigger than the components that make it you know, the atoms and the subatomic particle and all this stuff. So I plunged into physics and uh, for the last 35 years and been going at it. And and I found that there was a lot of answers we didn't have. And um, unlike what people tend to think that like physicists know a lot about the nature of reality, um, in general, there's very fundamental answers that have not been um, properly addressed. And that was really part of my quest was to answer these questions and unify physics because currently it's it's split. Yeah, fascinating because I, um, thank you so much for sharing that because I remember um, having this conversation early on when just back in my engineering lecturing days and some of the I don't want to say better lecturers, but some of the lecturers that intrigued me, we would have these conversations in terms of, you know, I'm an engineer, um, but, you know, it seems to be that uh, the people that I value and respect, they have this deep philosophical relationship with the understanding of God, the universe, they've at least thought about it, you know, they've at least taken a moment mm -hmm. to actually think about it rather than the outside perspective on a scientist or an engineer is like, oh, like, yeah, he's very much bricks and mortar in the world, you know, and <laughs> it's just, and then, then like, it's this perception that you're very material and not existential and not uh, metaphysical, not in that mysticism space. And then when I asked right. the question, one of the feedback points I got was, hey, it's like, for those, we're actually just seeking like answers, but what are we seeking right. answers from, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so yeah, would right. you justify the, the seeker to kind of be the, the same sort of, Energy that you well, you know, it's like probably if you look at the history and the lives of some of the greatest minds in science and certainly in physics, um, you would find that most of those people, you know, were at, had a pretty large, you could say, metaphysical or philosophical. Um, understanding or at least um you know ambitions uh and uh that they were very much you know probing probing in the philosophical way uh before trying to apply it to mathematics or hard physics or so on and um the reason for that is and and we saw that in the evolution of physics later on where the tendency was to just go with the math and just follow where the math leads you and uh, that can lead you astray actually some of the better physicists on the planet today uh, are writing articles and actually hold books about how mathematics led us astray in the last decade or a few decades of physics 
with string theory and many other uh, approaches that requires very large mathematical uh, formalisms that lead to very highly complex systems that you know don't necessarily apply to our reality and that cannot be verified um and uh and i think i mean the best example is definitely string theory where you know basically you get to the end of all these mathematical gyration and you end up with like 10 to the 500 answers of what the string compactification or the structure of space could look like so you know um for me they must have you know early on i thought nature is complex in its making mm -hmm. but to me it was it was um there was evidence that it had a simple base Mm. That like from a simple understanding, from a simple and clear base, you could get high level of cons of, of complexity, and um, so that you didn't need to understand the complexity, but you had to understand the fundamental base of it, and so you know, and that eventually led to the understanding, like in in mathematics, where you have fractal systems where you have a very simple equation and through iteration of the equation you get very complex systems quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah. I love that. And but, you know, I think a lot of things that have to do with advanced physics as well have to do with a certain amount of esoteric knowledge. And the physicists may not realize that as they, as they write the physics or as they make the discovery. They, they don't necessarily make a direct, direct association you know, uh, between what is being found and what has been said in philosophies throughout the ages and by, you know, very advanced thinkers throughout the ages that may have not been physicists, so they, don't, they didn't express it in physics, but that understood these principles. Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, I, I love about your work is we talk about, um, I consistently get the impression that, you know, 
you eradicate the the, the delineation between um, how do I describe this? I, I like I consistently feel like I'm an emergent property of the universe. If that makes sense, you know, like I'm, 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 I am the universe experiencing myself, you know, which is like, yeah. and I'm not just an object in space. I'm an, like this, I'm an extension of space is something that I've heard you say. And it just, when every time I hear you say that, it's like, yeah, of course, we're, we're, we're so disconnected. And I know connection is, that, like, that, is that was, just to give credit where credit is due that that was Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Einstein made, there's a famous quote from Einstein where he talks about an object is an extension of the space. It's mm. not separate from the space. Right? I love that. And so yeah. tell us more about connection and because your whole work, you know, points to the interconnectedness of, uh, is it safe to say everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything so is correct. Let's and have actually a conversation about this. Yeah. Yeah. There's articles that just came out. Um, of scientists that are working with entanglement right now and that realizing that entanglement is not just between two particles, mm. but that entanglement is, you know, can be described as actually the whole universe being entangled with every particle. Um, mm. This is emerging right now. It's been part of the physics I've been writing for 20 years, but uh, it's good that other physicists are arriving to the same conclusion, but as well are able to do experiments to demonstrate it. And, and there is some experiments that are going on right now where they're able to do that. They're able to verify that, uh, that there's correlation between particle beyond just two photons, you know, uh, entangled with each other. But um, deeper than this, um, it means that, um, that there's a fundamental field of information that drives all of creation. Uh, uh, and field is interacting with all of the material world. And, you know, this is something that you find in philosophy um, all around the world and, you know, spiritual practice all around the world. In ancient civilization, you, you know, many advanced masters talked about it. But unless it's um, defined in physics, then it's a nice thought, mm. but it seems Unfounded, unrealistic, yeah. right? Because you're thinking, wait, you know, are you, what do you mean? Like, you know, how is everything connected through this field? You know, I don't see any field. I don't feel any field. Like, you know, I mean, why would I think in any shape or form that I'm connected to you? Where are you? You're in Australia? Yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> right, in Melbourne. Right. So, you know, I'm in Southern California. You're in Melbourne. How are we connected, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's connecting us? Well, the thing is, is that our senses, it, are, are so limited, mm. it's playing tricks on us, right? So we know that since the last um, uh, century, you know, we've, we've learned that, for instance, there's electromagnetic fields that we don't see, you know, we've, we've learned that like the electromagnetic spectrum is not just the little teeny part 
of the spectrum that we can see, but it has, you know, many different wavelengths and frequency that we don't see, right? Infrared, ultraviolet, you know, all the things we can't see. And so, um, you know, in the field between you and the bookcasing behind you and all the stuff, there's there's electromagnetic fields you don't see, right? There's there's ultraviolet, there's infrared, there's uh, X-ray, you know, there's background radiation from the galaxy, there's like, there's, you know, microwave for your cell phones, there's like all this stuff that's going on, and you think it's not there. You think, you know, because you don't experience it directly, you know, and even when you turn on your cell phone and you're talking to someone, you don't realize, wow, you know, I'm actually, you know, talking like my information yeah. is going through the field and it's our perception of the space between the matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tend to forget about the space between stuff. Mm. And then, you know, we could say, for instance, between you in Melbourne and me in Southern California, right? there's the earth right <laughs> and so the earth is producing a gravitational field and you could think of that gravitational field as gravitational waves and those gravitational waves are connecting us mm. right and and so all of a sudden oh yeah you know i'm i am connected to nasim on the other side of the world because i'm on the same planet and i'm part of the same field and then you can start to think wow is there you know, a human field, like a morphogenetic field that it was, you know, that was thought of by um, scientists. Um, and, um, you know, in, and so when you study quantum mechanics, actually quantum field theory, you realize, wait, there is a lot of space in atoms and atoms are made of 99.999999% space mm. and in that space it's not empty it's full of electromagnetic fluctuations mm. called quantum vacuum fluctuations um, that are very dynamic it's it's just buzzing with energy at that scale and yeah. You know, so the space is not empty. It's actually mm. full. And to think of our, you know, of space as empty is, is inappropriate. It's in, is inaccurate. It's completely Is that why they call it plasma now? You could call it a plasma. You can call the structure of space a Planck plasma. I've started to call it that way, but that would be difficult for some physicists to understand the um because a plasma is a gas that's highly ionized mm. okay where the particles are in a very high level of energy lots of free electrons um and it has its own property and this is this is this is an interesting point we could talk about if we mm -hmm. have a minute sure. um you know be, not only are we limited by our senses but we're limited by our history. So we tend to like learn things and then we have a hard time unlearning them, meaning we get attached to them hmm. uh, in a certain way. We might not even know we're attached to them. 
and it's giving us the wrong impression. So this is a this is a simple one, but it's it's a nice one to realize. Yep. We we first discovered matter, right? We knew, we knew matter was there, and we mm -hmm. knew and so we knew that one state of matter could be liquid because we we saw water and we knew oh water is different than solid you know matter and so but we knew both were matter but they were different right in different states so we we started to define different states of matter so there was solid liquid and we realized the liquid could become a gas and then we said oh this gas each of the different states of matter have different behaviors right mm -hmm. gas have a behavior like this water has a behavior like this and then eventually when we got you know better at physics and and more experiments we discovered plasma and so we said oh plasma is a fourth state of matter because it has its own property it behaves its own way it's, right. it, plasma does things that gas and fluids don't do or matter and so on so it had it's its own thing and so we added a fourth state of matter the thing is is that we discovered this all backwards that is we discovered plasma last so it's like we think of the states of matter as like solid liquid gas and then we go oh yeah and there's plasma but that's yeah like when you put the pebbles in the jar <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 okay yeah. but the thing is is if you look at the universe the universe is made out of 99.99999 percent plasma right <laughs> that's the space between all the pebbles <laughs> yeah right so the rest of the stuff is actually plasma that's cooled down right it's like you know matter is basically plasma that's cooled down it's it emerged from a star in the state of plasma it cools down it makes planets planets you know gather water and like you know so and and you end up with something like this and the little human on it thinking oh yeah you know this those are the important states of matter is the, the solid the liquid and the gas and then the plasma is another thing but in fact the most fundamental state the only state or you know the only fundamental state of matter is plasma right that's where it all starts and so when we discover this fundamental field that in quantum field uh, theory um that 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 the vacuum that space is not empty but full of this electromagnetic fluctuation, but the wavelengths are very, very, very short, and the frequency is very, very high, and it's mm. happening at billions of times smaller than an atom, like the, <laughs> these oscillations. So we didn't know what's there, so we thought it was empty, mm. right? When you look at it, you could absolutely call it a Planck scale plasma or a vacuum plasma, right? It's like highly energetic field, that we didn't know was there and, and we're discovering. Is this uh, the conversation around zero point energy? Is this kind of what it's? Sure. It was called zero point energy by uh, Einstein and. Um, Which is just uh, abundant free energy. The other, the other yeah. scientist's name right now, I'm having a senior moment. But <laughs> uh, it, uh, um, 
you know, they called it zero point energy because basically in the mathematics, it shows that even if you could cool something at absolute zero, you know, zero Calvin, you, mm. it would still oscillate. You still wouldn't be able to kill it. You wouldn't mm. be able to stop it from oscillating, from being energetic, mm. right? So it's called zero point energy. It's energy that's there even at zero. Fundamentally, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Fundamentally there. And so um, when, uh, when I was digging through physics and trying to get like, okay, you know, we have a nice thing, it's called mass. Okay, we have a nice thing, it's called energy. Okay, we have a nice thing called electromagnetic fields. We have a nice thing called gravity. Those are nice little boxes we made, mm -hmm. right? But, but it's like, okay, what made the box in the first place? How did this stuff come to, you know, what is energy? What mm -hmm. is mass, right? We have a nice equation that says E equals MC squared, right? Everybody knows that one, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Nowadays with the new generation, by the time they're three, they know it because they've been on the net, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so it's a nice equation. It's, it's useful to have an equality between things. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the equation, um, on one side you have M, mm. right? And so representing mass. But if you ask a physicist, what is mass? It's like, oh, we don't know what mass is, right? It's undefined, right? Oh. So, so you have mass, okay? And then beside it, you have C squared. So C is the speed of light. Yep. So if you ask a physicist, why the speed of light is the speed of light? Then, oh, we, are, we don't know, right? So basically you're multiplying the mass, which is an unknown, by another unknown, which is the speed of light. And on the other side, you have equals energy, which cannot be anything else than an unknown, since you don't know what the right <laughs> is, you don't know what the left is. So, it, so now you have a nice equivalence between three unknowns. No idea where that shit comes from, and like somehow it's it's perfectly equivalent, right? Yeah. And 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 it it rules the dynamics of our physics. So mm -hmm. to me, it's like, and it, it's it's. I'm not criticizing it. It was it was you know special relativity was very important in theory, and it was mm -hmm. really good that Einstein found this. It's just that. We need we needed to go deeper, right? And start seek answers. Yeah. Yeah. What is mass? That's the key there. If you figure out what mass is, there's a good chance you're gonna figure out why the speed of light is the speed of light and and why you know and what energy is. And if you figure out how energy comes to be in our world, mm -hmm. then you have a path, the right. possibility to extracting energy directly from its source instead of trying to produce it, you mm. know, from by colliding energy stuff sources to each other, yeah, yeah, colliding yeah. stuff or, you know, like, you know, all the ways that we've come up and like damming stuff, mm. right? So, um, 
so you know for me it was a worthy expedition into the depth of physics are we getting any closer to to learning how those answers yeah um absolutely i mean i i we're getting much closer and and uh, and one of the reasons we're getting much closer globally mm. and i write my equations on my windows in the laboratory um because i always run out of whiteboards and so uh if you saw my windows right now i could give you the answer uh because in the last six months with the help of uh, other physicists uh, one being olivier Rolli, uh i was able to solve some of these very fundamental equations but but globally um we're getting much closer and the reason why we're going much getting more much closer is that there was a realization um that took a few decades mm. uh that energy and information are equivalent that there is an equivalence this is another equivalence mm. right the, between energy and information and um that was early it was more philosophical and certainly on the fine edge of of physics but mm -hmm. um but eventually it was utilized to describe the thermodynamics of black holes and it gives the correct answers and it solves some of the issues with information um um which you know information paradox which which is it's a paradox but only in the mind of humans it, it, i i think it's an artifact of misinterpretation of some equation early on by hawking um but um basically basically this field that we were discussing is a field of information you could call it a field of energy yes but this but since energy is equivalent to information we can write the physics in terms of information bits like like if the universe is made out of voxels or i mean pixels is what people know better but a voxel is a, a volumic pixel mm. and, and these pixels are teeny they're really teeny they're if i grew one of those pixels so it's a grain of sand the proton would be from here to alpha centauri 40 trillion kilometers Whoa. so yeah so so and so we didn't know the voxels were there right and so that's informing that's informing the makeup of everything we've got one of the interesting things that just dropped in before the question i really want to ask you is when we're talking about um information as energy it brings up a really interesting case for the conversation around artificial intelligence because there's so much information that's being transited in that space what's the end like because we we do kind of feel that the digital is uh not alive <laughs> but energies kind of has this illusion or this this it alludes to um the the property of aliveness right for me anyway um i may be mistaken right it's funny that you would go to artificial intelligence because you could go straight to intelligence 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That was actually going to be my question, but then I, I got stuck on the way here. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so basically, you could uh, you could definitely go from there and start, and you know, beyond the equations we wrote in the making of being written right now. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you could start thinking, well, maybe consciousness or intelligence is actually the way the information is flowing in that field, right? Like, and so that'd be a big leap because you got to write the math and the physics before you get there. But mm -hmm. I've done that. So it's on the way. I'm I'm like very, very close to a fundamental equation for consciousness, but and and I'm and it has to do with the way the space-time manifold curl on itself. Um, it, it has to do with what's called a Calusa-Klein uh, equation, which is a way that space-time spins, and um, and a Calusa bottle but um basically that information moves on itself and mm -hmm. uh, and when it feeds back the system learns about itself mm -hmm. and when the system learns about itself it gets more and more complex mm -hmm. you see and now it can self-organize you know because it's it knows what it's doing right mm -hmm. and eventually it would get more and more complex more and more complex at, you know, from the Planck plasma all the way to like the atomic structure, all the way like atoms gathering, and then all of the way into the biological structure, and then the biological structure getting more and more complex until you get a hundred trillion cells like you, you know, that turns around and go, whoa, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. What is this universe I'm in? You know, what is this? How did I get here? Right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, it would be like, as Einstein described it, the, the very extension of space looking back at itself, right? Mm -hmm. like, I love you that. see? And yeah. so, what is consciousness then? Because it sounds like the consciousness is the universe. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's, but there's lots of philosophy and some some physics that's being written based on the idea that consciousness is fundamental it's like a new thing it used to be in physics conference when i was younger that if you actually said the c word you would it would be like it would be like a cataclysm has come and it would be like oh my god everybody would turn pale in the room you could say the f word all you want you know, no problem. But if you said the C word, like everybody would become silent and you could hear a pin drop. Like, oh my God, he, he said consciousness in a physics conference. But nowadays, for, you know, in the last, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself, but in the last 10 years or 15 years, now it's been become, it has become acceptable and it's been, it's, it's almost been the new the new thing it's like it's in vogue yeah. <laughs> yeah it's in vogue exactly physicists retire they start working on consciousness and they write really nice things about it. the thing is is if you don't define what consciousness is it's like you've again replaced it 
you replace the problem with another unknown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this case, though, you start to describe the mechanics of what consciousness is. So I couldn't say to you, it's all consciousness. I would have to say to you, it's all information. Mm -hmm. And it's information that's learning about itself. It's all interconnected right? and it's all feeding back in on itself. Right. And that would lead to your earlier question, which is AI. Mm. If we get, I don't think we're going to arrive at artificial intelligence the way you and I think about it, the mm. way we're going right now. I think that's actually completely unrealistic. Mm. Um, but I think that eventually when we actually do a quantum computers based on the correct physics, mm. we will tap into this fundamental field. And when we do, then it's very probable that we will be able to do what I would call is more um, synthetic intelligence. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of artificial because it's not artificial. You would be tapping into the same field of information mm -hmm. of all consciousness, right? Yep. It's just that it would be inside a synthetic structure instead of a biological like us. Right, right, right. Human-made intelligence rather than God-made intelligence is kind right, of what I'm right. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's the same field. All yeah. we would make all we would make is the container, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would be a human-made container instead of a universal container. So let's let's take let's take that journey to understanding a little bit around. Okay, so it's all we're all interconnected. We're all feeding back in this one loop. And I know, uh, having researched you, that you talk about the physical is just a small percentage representation of the entire information field that is emanating us into presence. So I've got a question about, is it, that, okay, so there is that information field that's emanating us, but then also that alludes to the, obviously my experience, which is I'm a perspective on the universe. Um, what, like, what is that? Like, what's going on there? What's going, ask the question again. Sorry. So we all have a unique perspective, right? Right. Um, and we're all coming from this in, like unified information field. Right. So why the, why, uh, I guess the question I should probably ask is why the individuation or like, like yeah. how yeah. do we end up individualizing? Yeah. 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 Because I, I used to tell people the universe is fundamental, fundamentally fractal, you know, mm. then people would say, well, if it is, why doesn't everything look the same? Right. Yeah. Like why for instance, all humans don't look the same. Like, yeah. You know, like blob, blob, blob. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, because it's a little more complex of a fractal than what we write. We give here it credit on for. Earth, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's you know it's a universal fractal. So it's just not a simple code like the one we write, mm -hmm. but it's got the same dynamics in certain ways. It's more complex because. In every point, the fractal is read like the information reiteration is occurring in every point in such a way that each point perspective is part of the equation continuously changing. It's like 
it's like if you wrote a fundamental equation for a fractal, but that fundamental equation continuously changed as well. So, mm -hmm. so, so basically, uh, what I mean by that is, um, if I put an object between you and I, you see, mm -hmm. I'm examining you, <laughs> and um, and you see this side of the object, I see this side of the object, right? right. So if this was spinning, for instance, you know, I would say, oh, it's going counterclockwise. What would you mm -hmm. say? Clockwise. Right. So we're getting two sets of information about the same thing, mm. right? So nobody, because of the, your coordinates in space-time, right, nobody experienced the universe from the same perspective. Nobody gets the same information. Nobody, you know, Every coordinates in space-time get different sets of information. And since it's a feedback that mm. builds the structure, right? Mm. You're feeding back different sets of information than me. So then your, your structure ends up being different than me, right? It, it, yeah. We still have, hopefully, you know, all two arms, two legs, you know, a head, you know, eyes and all this stuff. But we look different. Like every snowflake is different from the other mm. snowflake because it's in different coordinates in space time. So yeah. basically, you know, but then, I, but then you can like, but then think about it. That means that you look at yourself, you go, oh man, I made a hundred trillion atom uh, cells. Each cell is in its own coordinates in space time. So it's individualized. And then each cell is made a hundred trillion atoms. So each atom, it's in its own coordinates in space time, and dang, and dang, and dang, all the way down. And that's why there's inf that is information in the structure of space. This is the information network. Yeah, that's that's really driving home um, something that I've been sitting with at this end is just the the role of subjectivity with truth. You know, in that we are all like like having this as subjective experience, and it is, you know, we often feel like I'm trying to find my truth. I'm trying to find my truth, and it's like, yeah, you do have an obligation to find your truth because you are this lens on the universe looking in. So polish that to the best of your ability, but you're never going to know ultimate truth because we all need to band together to actually be able to see that, right? Because we are inherently connected. Yeah, because it's the whole. Yeah, I love that. So, 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 if you wanted to know ultimate truth. Mm. Then, knowing this, and knowing that your senses are limited, which direction would you look for? <laughs> you led me. I know. I, I, yeah. <laughs> had you this not led me, had you not, had you not led me into the answer, I would have said outside. But yes, absolutely, inside, inward to that connection. To yeah, because that's where all the information, you can drill down, drill down, drill down, right? So, so, so the information, con like the field information connecting to you that has, you know, the, the, the link to all the other fields in the universe, is through every one of your atoms, every one of your subatomic particle, every one of your Planck, every one of your subplunk, whatever, along how far you want to be, go. But every time you go down, the the information metric density gets much larger, much larger, 
right? At the, at the Planck scale, each centimeter cube has a 10 to the 93 grams of information, right? This is, the mass of the universe is 10 to the 55. So 10 to the 93 is 39 orders more information or energy than there is in all the observable universe in a centimeter cube of space. And you're made out of a lot of centimeter cubes. Okay? <laughs> so, so if you drill down into your information set, hmm. which, you know, it just happens that many masters that have come to the earth said like, go inside and you will find the universe you will find all answers you will find god whatever they called it right just practices of meditation and such yeah important and it's not even practices of meditation because that can sound religious or it, it's just that there's a part of you that's outside but there's a part of you that's inside you mm. know it's and we, we, we don't know that because we're not brought up thinking about it, right? We're brought up just looking outside and like being fascinated outside, not knowing that actually there's a set of information inside that can inform us about the outside. Mm, so, we think, so we think that in science, we can only discover by doing things on the outside like experiments and things like that to discover science you know to discover certain laws of physics or scientific knowledge but in fact all the greatest discovery that has ever been made in science or otherwise were made by somebody having an idea on the inside it's really right? interesting you share that yeah because like in india they studied the weathers in south america they had all these understandings of the cosmology of the universe mm -hmm. and they didn't have the instruments on the outside that we had in today's right. day and age but they had such a fundamental awareness of these things that yeah now yeah. that you say it in this conversation it makes a lot of sense but like outside of this conversation like what are you talking about you know it's right yeah. right right well you know that's the thing uh you know, this is what led Einstein to say imagination is more important than mm. facts and things like that, you know, because any great thinker knows if they, if they come up with an original thought that has a lot of validity, they know where it came from, right? Mm. It, it, there's things on the outside that can give you hints, that can lead you along, that can like, but you have to have a self-reflection on those things in order to like come up with a you know a beautiful theory or a beautiful understanding or, or at least something somewhat complete i love that Nassim, share with us how do you deepen your connection to that field how do you deepen your connection to that presence of yeah going inwards Um, I think it's just by spending time being aware of it, just, hmm. you know, it's, it's like anything, if you don't practice, you know, it's not gonna just occur. Like hmm. I would, <clears throat> I was a ski coach for, hmm. I don't know, 25 years <clears throat> at one point, And I didn't, you know, get good at skiing and you know i was 
one of the top ski coach, ski instructor in Canada. You know, Canada is a ski country. Yeah. You know, I it's it, it was an achievement, and I didn't get there by you know sitting in front of the TV watching some um, you know binging on on Netflix. I mm. I got there by being out there skiing my ass off for many 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 years um you know repetition repetition and drilling down into all of the subtleties of how to get a ski you know to dance with gravity to line up all the bones to so that you know it's not on my muscles but it's on all the alignments and to make sure you know that my sensitivity of my foot under the the ski rail you know that i would feel the edges like it was an extension of my being and you know and pressure control and all this so this took many 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 years to achieve and internally out of like i don't know how many millions of turns i've made in my life you know internally i would say that 10 maybe 10 of these turns were perfect right <laughs> you know like many people would see me ski and say oh no you're you're making amazing turns right but internally what i yeah, feel right. you know mm. when i when it would just happen like every every snowflake that i cut on that turn was like perfectly cut like there was you know like you know what i'm saying and so same thing you know it's like if you don't spend time in your life exploring your internal self you know uh what you call your consciousness your awareness like who are you are you this thing that like you know put all these filters throughout your life because mm. you decide you were going to be this kind of person sometimes it wasn't even us that put those filters there. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean I, i remember when i was a kid looking at the crowd and thinking okay would i want to be this kind of person or would i want to be this kind of would i want to dress this way like do i want to identify with this subgroup you mm. know like Rastafarians or, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, like jocks, you know, or, yeah. you know, and, and so, so we've learned all these things and we forgot that we learned them. So then we think it's us, mm. yep. right? We yep. think, oh, I'm a ski instructor or I'm, you know, a podcast, you know, internet person or i'm <laughs> a physicist or you see that's why when you when you started i said i'm not i'm not good with boxes you know <laughs> yeah you know so it's like no what are we wow we're an expression of the universe learning about ourselves so what you know wow let me explore that yeah you know? <laughs> let me check that out right? I maybe that. i want to belong to that, you know, yeah. the universal expression of what <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I want to take that on a bit of a tangent, but it's very relevant. So I'm going to try and make a leap, and I know you'll be able to 
go there with me. So um, one of the things that you've mentioned, and it's it's the whole conversation around uh, what is originally understood as time space. Um, you've then gone and had a bit of a dance around it and called it memory space. Um, and then... Space memory. Yeah, space memory, right? And then maybe if you introduce us to what space memory is, then I can ask the question that I want to ask. So, like, yeah, tell us what's going on with time space and memory uh, space for time and space memory. Because, um, okay, I'll ask my question and then maybe you can lead the whole way there. So my question is knowing that, okay, from when I researched was we're kind of moving through space, right, and we're leaving bits of information on the space over what we perceive to be time, but it's actually memory, right? So now I'm kind of giving your your talk to everybody in front of you. It's a bit weird. That's, great. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, but what from there? What I what I gathered was um, yeah. So we're leaving bits of uh, memory, and maybe you know the, I, we've had Dr. Rupert Sheldrake on here before. He's talked about morphic morphic resonance and feels like that, and perhaps the information feeds back to my energetic signature further along that distance of space because it was my chemtrail if you will that i left behind me um but the interesting piece for me that has been most front and center has actually been how deeply that seeded a premise for good moral conduct right conversation around science right deep scientific conversation that you just shared in one of your talks for me was like all of a sudden hey i'm leaving these bits of information behind me that are propelling me forwards into, and so yeah, now into I've kind what? of gone on a, yeah, into, yeah into what, but then also like like the the conversation like coming back to like what is what are we doing in this space like in terms of leaving bits of information and then yeah. you know I, the moral consequences are just you know they they kind of blow my mind apart. Yeah, well, you know that you remember what I was saying earlier that like there's discoveries that are being made right now in laboratory that entangled particles. Well, um, what is being discovered is that particles are not only entangled in space, but they're entangled in time. Mm. <laughs> and that, that now they're, you know, and they're able to verify that in laboratory. So now we're really getting there. And this is, this is why initially I modified, you know, space-time was Einstein. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he coined that term. Um, he coined it as a result of his equations and, you know, kind of saw that space and time could not be, you know, that they were, like, intricate to each other. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and so that's why... He, I mean, in modern times, it's one word, you know, space-time. So, um, thing is, is if you ask what is, well, never mind if you ask space, what is space, but if you ask time, uh, what time is, you, it's not clear. You know, time in physics is, you know, it's an arrow in, you know, of time, mm. And so, mm. but, it's not, you know, a narrow time in some, you know, Minkowski space doesn't tell you what time is, right? Yeah. But so, so basically, you know, you know, we time is not like a tick, tick, tick on your watch. You know, mm -hmm. your watch is just 
doing ticks based on you know what what you programmed it to do yeah yeah so that we're like in coordination with the sun you know Mm. and the earth going around it and stuff but that's not fundamental time that's just time for humans right Mm. so so but so if you ask the question like why do we even have a concept of time how did we come up with this right is because we have a concept of evolution we see system evolve like uh-huh. you put the ice in your the, the ice in your drink and you see it melt right so it evolved from a cube of ice so you have an idea that this there is you know consecutive actions you know, in time that mm. that there is a linear evolution. Yeah. yeah. And so basically then you realize this is something that kind of got missed. It's like, well, that means no memory, no time. Mm. If you have no memory, you would have no idea. If you have zero memory, you would have no idea. Each moment would be a brand new one. You would have no idea that the cube was a cube before. It would be just half melted, and then it would be a little less melt, uh, more melted, a little more, a little more, and then there would be no cube. And you never knew there was a cube there because, you know, right? So, so you had, you would have no concept of time. Hmm. Now, if time is fundamental, that means that there must be fundamental memory. And so I changed the word space-time because space-memory was more accurate, right? There must be memory in the structure of space that make us believe that there's a linear time function. Hmm. And so it's very I started, fitting because we've got we're talking about information and then you're talking about memory and it's just like exactly. it's organized information yeah exactly it's information on the structure of space that gives the linear concept of time but this information is not isolated this information think of every you remember the voxel that makes yep. up space Think of every voxel being a bit of information, like a bit on your computer, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and instead of a hard disk where the bit lives, it's living in the hard disk of space. That Which is fascinating because it also brings up the conversation that maybe we are just sub, like that may not be just, that may be subject to subjectivity as well, right? Because then we are having our interaction with time from the, the linear perspective that we have it with the memory and the information. But the way it's orchestrated in the plasma, the way the data, the, the information is organized, how we can tap into that, oh, yeah. connect to that, I'll be aware of it is... So, so we're leaving a very specific trail in mm. space that's, you know, in, of information in the structure of space that, the, the sun is moving through the galaxy, the, the, the planets are spiraling around the sun. We're leaving a very specific, you can almost think about like putting your hand out, right? Mm. And, thinking, and thinking about, you know, like if, if space was a crystal, right? Like, mm. a, a, like, a, like a, a fluid, you know, like in front of your hand, and behind your hand, it's leaving, you know, like, you know, turbulence, 
trail. Yeah, like a fish through the water. You can see the little yeah, weight yeah. that it's left. Right, yeah. right. Like the trails that people see when they take certain chemicals. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you start seeing trails everywhere. Yeah, yeah. like that. And, and that's fascinating. And that's what, what I was alluding to before is thank you so much for sharing that and taking us all the way so much deeper. Because, yeah, when you start realizing that and what you said before about the interconnectedness and then the feedback, you're feeding back from your memory into the projection of what you perceive to be here and now, the moral right. implications for leaving like a good, a good moment in time behind you previous to like having done the wrong thing to inform the best version of yourself to show up moment to moment. Well, there, well, there's two things. You can look at it that way. Uh-huh. Or, so remember, entanglement in time, that mm-hmm. means that time functions are entangled in the past. Mm-hmm. So that means that from a, a time moment present mm. you can still influence the past boom so so you can look at the errors you made mm-hmm. as things you can fix and learn from uh-huh right so that you produce a future trail right that is changing your future vectors right and we're talking about healing yeah healing at all the levels you know yeah because if you heal the feedback of information then whatever your body is expressing should be the result of that new feedback right so yeah and so that was one of the questions that flagged up for me earlier and i'll let's let's take it that little bit further which is when we're talking about now the feedback and our ability to then like that, you know, we can, um, yeah, show up to basically, you know, because there is no time, we can, you know, have that dance in terms of rewriting the script for ourselves going forward to learn from our errors, to improve the feedback, but then perhaps even look back and, you know, go into the memory field, go inwards to, you know, do our work and, you know, project uh, like a like a better response to the one that we had, and you know, maybe that synthetic awareness can overlay somewhat to improve the feedback going forward. So we're actually conducting that healing. You also mentioned at the earlier part of the episode that we're completely quantumly entangled all together as one. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is the first time I'm actually in a conversation where I actually feel empowered when I start thinking about the word global healing because I've heard about it before and I've I. I have read the science response like 100,000 people in Boston will meditate in a park and then crime will decrease for five years. But, you know, I I love that because the mystic in me goes, yeah, this is fantastic. And it's like, what a great mystery. But in terms of actually writing, oh, wow, like this is, there's actually science behind how some of this goes in together. So is that the space for for global healing then? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Uh, I think it's a space for personal healing, global healing, any kind, um, you know, it's, it's a space for uh, personal growth, global growth, universal growth. That's all how it occurs. That's the thing. It's fundamental to the way things work. It's not some, it's not some thing that's outside yourself in some like mystical space, you know, where only certain people are allowed, you know, and certain people have the power to do this. It's actually 
the way things work at all the levels. And actually, any of the masters that have come through, you know, that were real masters, uh, not the ones that were just looking for attention, but the one that actually were real masters, um, they all said, you can all do this. You can, you know, there's nothing I do that you can't do. You know, mm. actually, some of them said you will do greater things than I did, um, yeah. you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We have this capacity um, to heal ourselves, to heal the world. We can. And, you know, certainly in this current global situation, it's a good thing to know. The same. I am so humbled to have had you on. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your inspiration. Just, yeah, actually grounding in so much of, yeah, the spirituality into science, because I think it's, uh, you know, is it necessary or is it unnecessary? That's a whole nother conversation. But I think um, just the, the function of the time that we're, the time, <laughs> the memories have led us to this point. Um, that we feel compelled to need science for justification for the way we do things. Um, and perhaps there was, you know, a time when we were less like that. Um, but now the world seems to really fundamentally require science to back its reasonings. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really just grateful that, you know, there are individuals such as yourself dedicated to, you know, helping us have better information in terms of, yeah, actually understanding ourselves on such a fundamental uh, level and just, yeah, again, for me, as a curious person, as someone that's seeking and harbors a bit of a mystic inside him, it's just, yeah, it's a real honor and a blessing just to, to be able to have a conversation, to learn and grow and, and lead back on that. And so I'd like to thank you for your time here today, but I'd like to also thank all the memories <laughs> that have accumulated over space to us having this informed conversation. Exactly. And, uh, thank you for that, too. <laughs> and wishing you all the best always. Now, I really want to tune in for those that want to connect to, to Nassim and Nassim Haramain's work. I know, like, the resonance, like, jump online, the resonance, like, the work there is amazing, uh, the Resonance Foundation. But what's what's the best way for, for you that you think people should connect with you? Uh, yeah, the, the Resonance Science Foundation is a place they can go and have access to courses. They, you know, can have conversation. We're about to actually, because of this current situation, global situation, and because of something that I wanted to do, but this is like provoking it to happen, um, is uh, we're, we're about to like change, reconfigure the whole thing and make a lot of things available, you know, for free that were not available for free. And I'm gonna announce it in the next few days, so I don't wanna say, so stay tuned. <laughs> Uh, resonance science foundation uh, dot org and um well actually resonance science dot org and um you know there's uh Taurus tech uh, as well which is our laboratories where we do hardware um research and uh theoretical research and yep. so that's uh hardware laboratory r and d laboratory that it's we not have. just research as well though you build some pretty cool like i was gonna say shit sorry pardon me <laughs> like the, the 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 physical but like you've put you've you've built or you've contained stars i don't even know how to articulate that because it just blows my mind <laughs> yes we built some cool shit yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we're in the business of doing that and um we're working really diligently because you know 
that's the amazing thing is that when you start to discover these fundamental truths, if you apply them to your technology, all of a sudden you have a whole different level of technology that you didn't know could be possible, like gravity control, you know, extraction of energy from the structure of space-time and all this. I mean, so we work in laboratory diligently. It's hard because, you know, financing that type of research independently is very difficult. Um, we're moving as fast as we can because the world needs it today and we're going at it. So come and check us out and support us. We need your support. We need every single one of you perspective uh, to help <laughs> us move forward. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I don't know how not to. It's such a, such a blessing, the work that you're doing. So thank you. just before we dive out, uh, my last question, by no means my least question, asked of everybody that pops on and uh, probably more of a reflection on me as a point and perspective on the universe, uh, trying to find out who I am, um, is the question, Nassim, who are you? <laughs> I am, as everyone else, a fundamental expression of the joy of learning for the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect. So I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 